Welcome back to The Daily Poem here on the Close Reads Podcast Network. I'm David Kern, and today's Wednesday, March 11th, 2020. Today's poem is by Dana Joya, an American poet who was born in 1950 and is certainly one of our most highly regarded poets uh, currently working and living today. He's known for his essay, Can Poetry Matter?, but also a number of uh, wonderful collections and is, uh, I believe, currently the Poet Laureate of the state of California which he has uh, been serving as since 2015. He's been awarded several awards, uh, including the Presidential Citizens Medal, and uh, as I said, um, many of his collections are are beloved among readers of poetry today. The poem that I'm going to read today is called Words, and I have not read as much Dana Joya on this podcast as as I should, and so I want to share a couple of his poems over the next few weeks. And this is one of my favorites. Again, it's called Words. It comes from his collection, Interrogations at Noon, from uh, the early 2000s, 2001, I believe. It goes like this. The world does not need words. It articulates itself in sunlight, leaves, and shadows. The stones on the path are no less real for lying, uncatalogued and uncounted. The fluent leaves speak only the dialect of pure being. The kiss is still fully itself, though no words were spoken. And one word transforms it into something less or other, illicit, chaste, perfunctory, conjugal, covert. Even calling it a kiss betrays the fluster of hands, glancing the skin or gripping a shoulder, the slow arching of neck or knee, the silent touching of tongues. Yet the stones remain less real to those who cannot name them or read the mute syllables graven in silica. To see a red stone is less than seeing it as jasper, metamorphic quartz, cousin to the flint the keel were carved as arrowheads. To name is to know and remember. The sunlight needs no praise piercing the rain clouds, painting the rocks and leaves with light, then dissolving each lucent droplet back into the clouds that engendered it. The daylight needs no praise, and so we praise it always, greater than ourselves and all the airy words we summon. On Wikipedia, uh, I was... You know, as I sometimes do, I was looking up the details of the poet's life. So I just kind of scrolled down and I actually noticed that this poem was, uh, was there on the list uh, under, under the section on his poetry. And it just says, his poem words, quote, explores the power and limits of language to understand the world. That's succinct. It gets, you know, pretty close to the, to the, <laughs> to the heart of it. But I actually wonder if, you know, was that, if you, if you asked him what his thesis was when he set out, is that the thesis? I mean, maybe it doesn't matter what his thesis was. I, that's not really the point of reading poetry. And I'm not saying that that's not what the thesis statement of the poem is. It is about the power and limits of language to understand the world. And yet it's also about the necessity of naming. So yeah, there is, a, there, there is power and limitation in understanding the world, uh, in, in language to help us understand the world. And yet at the same time, I wonder if what joy is after has anything to do with understanding. That's the part that, 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 makes me want, that makes me wonder. I'd love to talk to him about this poem. Maybe I'll see if I can interview him sometime about it. Because I wonder if it's about understanding. Is it a, does it have anything to do really with understanding the world? To name is to know and remember. 
but that doesn't necessarily mean that to name is to know and remember and understand, or that remembering and knowing are the same thing as understanding. When he talks about the idea that the daylight needs no praise, and so we praise it always, he's not talking about understanding life or understanding the world. When he's talking about the the nature of a kiss and how one word can transform the concept of a kiss from one thing to another, he's not talking about understanding. He's talking about something to me that seems so much more uh, at the core of the universe than ever being able to understand it. Like I, understanding is overrated is what my dad will, used to tell me when, when, I was, when we were talking about the concept of reading. He would always say, don't worry so much about understanding what's going on because understanding is overrated. I talk a lot on this podcast about the notion of experience. And what naming does is help us help us organize our experiences and help us sort them. Uh, to name things helps us compare one experience with the other. It's not necessarily that we're after understanding everything that we're going through, but our our experiences um, by giving them names and by giving uh, by naming the things within our experiences allow us to to uh, process to to experience things in a more heightened way and to to um, help our experiences to be meaningful long after they're done. And I think that's why uh, the, the line is to name is to know and remember. Uh, words are connected to memory. Um, words help us preserve memory, help us pass memory on. So a kiss between two people can still fully be itself, though no words are spoken. We don't need worlds, the world for things to exist. And yet, words help us pass down the traditions of the Kiowa who carved the quartz as arrowheads, or the flint. And yet, words help us pass down the tradition of the Kiowa who used the flint to create their arrowheads. And I think that's uh, one of the things that, and so one of the things I think that poetry is after is not helping us necessarily understand the world that we're in, but helping us preserve memory, helping us preserve tradition, help us, helping us uh, pass down experiences. Uh, and, and that's the beauty, that's the great, the greatest uh, power of words in my mind and one why poetry is so necessary. Not because it helps us understand everything that we're experiencing, but because it helps us remember and pass on the things that we're experiencing and ultimately, you know, uh, find meaning, collective meaning in the things that we're experiencing individually and together. Those are some of the things that this poem makes me think about. And, and that, that Wikipedia, that line from Wikipedia made me think about uh, Dana Joy's poem. That is poetry. What's on Wikipedia? Rarely. So here, here one more time is Dana Joy's words. The world does not need words. It articulates itself in sunlight, leaves, and shadows. The stones in the path are no less real for lying uncatalogued and uncounted. The fluent leaves speak only the dialect of pure being. The kiss is still fully itself, though no words were spoken. And one word transforms it into something less or other. Illicit, chaste, perfunctory, conjugal, covert. Even calling it a kiss betrays the fluster of hands glancing the skin or gripping a shoulder, the slow arching of neck or knee, the silent touching of tongues. Yet the stones remain less real to those who cannot name them or read the mute syllables graven in silica. To see a red stone is less than seeing it as jasper, 
metamorphic quartz, cousin to the flint the Kiowa carved as arrowheads. To name is to know and remember. The sunlight needs no praise piercing the rain clouds, painting the rocks and leaves with light, then dissolving each lucent droplet back into the clouds that engendered it. The daylight needs no praise, and so we praise it always, greater than ourselves and all the airy words we summon. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you.